Hi there and welcome everybody to The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. I'm Leslie, that's Rod, and this week you can join us to hear a little bit about stress and anxiety, what it does to our bodies, and how we can best manage our way through it to live happier and better lives. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. We are super excited to bring this podcast to you guys. We are both really passionate about change. We're kind of fascinated by it, and hence we've called our podcast The Change Room. It's a place, it's a safe space to come and talk about change. I think most of us um, have a little bit of stress and anxiety when it comes to change, and so we want to talk to you via this podcast about different ways that we can manage effectively through change, make it a part of our lives, and start to get a little bit more comfortable with the uncertainty that change brings. So that's kind of what's in our hearts as we think about setting out in this podcast. And we'll explain more of it as we go. We'll tell you more about ourselves as we go. um, Because, you know, we really just met through work. And so, Rod, maybe we can talk a little bit about that once the uh, intro's over. But we really just met through work and have found this shared passion of change and are learning about each other as we have these deep conversations Mm -hmm. about how to get better at managing change. And uh, today we want to really focus the conversation on stress and worry because that is one of the number one reactions that most people have to change. But uh, Rod, over to you. What did you want to say as a part of opening on kicking off the podcast? I... uh... Would like to say i'm super excited i think you're right you know we met through work we uh know each other for less than a year um and and there was an opportunity where you and i co-presented uh on a topic and ended up having a conversation about as we presented and and it really uh there was a lot of energy and it really connected and uh i think your curious questions that you asked me to explore and explain more we're just so great, and uh, and I think me too. And the questions I asked, which I felt the same way, yeah. And yeah, you know what, yeah, I really definitely. love, and and I think we're going to have a chance to do a lot of this today, and and our other podcasts is is I really appreciate too. Is I can ask you questions out of the blue, and you're good with taking it on the fly, like taking the questions uh, spontaneously. It. So um, it's it's a it's a nice combination, and I think. Uh, uh, you know, I'm very excited to be able to um, explore different topics. It, for me, it, it's it's very fulfilling, and I hope it's uh, useful and uh, uh, interesting for for anybody who would listen to our podcast. And uh, so, so let's get started. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about stress and worry. So, Rod, when is it? Talk about a time when you have experienced, or someone you care about, you know that they've experienced some stress and anxiety about. Um, an upcoming or a potential or an unrealized change. Oh my gosh. There's so many <laughs> examples. Like question, a, right? Right, yeah. Um, you know, I, well, I'd say, I'll say, personally, I uh, I think like a lot of people, like I, I've, uh, as I've gone through my life journey, I've learned that there's many moments where uh, that stress and con- anxiety comes up for me so I, I feel very close to being able to I like that tangible experience but I certainly and so through that I, I I've started to learn where I see this in other people too and it and you know it comes out very rarely do people say and even myself say you know what in this moment I'm feeling 
these things because I have, you know, because I think I'm stressed and I'm anxious about the moment. Usually what happens is we start getting irritable, uh, kind of nasty, aggressive, not us, defensive. Course, not, not us, <laughs> but like other people, right? Like we're obviously not us. That's right. Obviously us too. Obviously us too. Oh, yeah. Because it's no. so true. It's so true. Yeah. Like I, um, uh, you know, I, I'll talk about someone I know who's going to university uh, or he's at that age of uh, thinking about going to, to university. And um, for a long time, he wasn't sure. He was thinking of doing a gap year. And, and you know, how the conversation went was debating the logic of a gap year or the pros and cons, but really after a while, moment I, I kind of dug a little deeper in the questioning and I realized it was actually a result of the decision around thinking about the gap year was driven mostly because of the uh, uncertainty and the fear that university would be too difficult because it heard lots of stories about first year university being way harder than high school. And yeah. so, I mean, that, I, I think that's a great example where we make decisions in life a bit driven by you know we're thinking we're making a decision because it's something we want to do but really it's because we're avoiding a fear of something else it's not it's not because <laughs> that thing we wanted to do it's because we're gets us yeah. to avoid something else and um you know that that happens so i think i'll say subconsciously but i'll say with a lack of awareness it's a lack of knowing why you're making a certain decision in a given way it's just because you're kind of following what your gut is telling you um does that make sense it really does it yeah. really does and i think it's you know you, you heard me nervous giggle a little bit into the story and i think that is representative of how relatable that story is you know i'm certainly you know we're close to the time where i had to decide whether or not to go to uni and it was kind of a a given when I was a kid, but for the kids now who have that choice ahead of them, what a big decision that feels like. And I think that's representative of many of us who just have these big decisions. Do I take this job? Do mm -hmm. I do that thing? Do I move here? Do I date that person? I mean, there are so many examples of mm -hmm. where just the decision alone can create, feels like it could create all this stress and worry in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what did you do? How did you how did you help this person? Well, uh, in this case, you know, we're in such a unique year. And um, at the end of the day, the, like being COVID. And, and so what do you do? What do you normally do on a gap year is you either you work to make a bunch of money or you go traveling or you do a little bit of both. Right. And so it's like, well, actually, this year you can't really like getting a job where you can get a lot of hours uncertain traveling anywhere not very easy to do um so they really just then the kind of that option became less realistic and uh, that's how it was handled it wasn't handled by any kind of addressing of that fear or uh you know confronting it and the confronting the source of where this all came from and that's the worry about what first year is going to be like i almost like i would i mean i would lovingly challenge you on that rod only because I think that by talking about things, we actually um, help overcome stress and worry. 
I think mm-hmm. it's when we keep it inside of ourselves and it and it just feels like this probably all of us have felt that like not in our literal what feels like a knot in our stomachs when so, it feels like we so can't true. talk something out and there's something about a shared um, problem discussion that I really do think can help things not necessarily just to commiserate and say oh poor you but to really help someone find a way forward and ask and you're so good at this ask those questions that get people to go huh never thought of it that way mm-hmm. or I never would have considered doing X, Y, and Z. I was only thinking about A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would say that you probably did help a lot by having that kind of open and honest conversation um, about a topic that, you know, maybe a lot of people would avoid because mm-hmm. it's awkward. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's never easy to challenge someone's thinking um, when they come to you with a problem like that. Yeah. That is so true, actually. The, the articulating whatever the situation may be, I, and I, you know what I find, I'm just going to be, you know, with COVID world that we're in, any time that I feel not 100% well, I start, there's a little part of me that starts to worry. And oh, 100%. You know, what I've started to do is every time that happens, I tell somebody about it and it makes, and it actually, it does, it helps it, I will say, make me feel better. It make, it takes that worry off just by having that conversation. Like, right. oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling very well. Uh, and then it's like, well, could it have been, you know, yesterday you were ate this or you were out and it was cold right. and you didn't have a sweater on. It's like, oh, right. Uh, and yeah. that just helps me yeah. talk it through and identify maybe an alternate reason, but it's, it's, I think it's also a little bit about um, one is control. Is I, I think there's actually an element of you're kind of taking control of the 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 issue, the worry, by mm. confronting it. And then there's something also about our, having a conversation or even writing something down. It changes your thinking, or it gives a, a complete, a more fuller picture of. You're, you're thinking by having to articulate it. In my universe, I call it loving inquiry, which I mm. is a totally made up Leslie term. And friends, you're going to understand. Like, honestly, people tell me there should be a Leslie lexicon. I tend to have my own language for a whole bunch of stuff, which you'll probably hopefully figure out over time. But that to me is just loving inquiry, right? Like not where we're challenging, not where we're being oh, well, that's a silly. Of course you're fine, right? Of course you're okay. Of course da, da, da. like that's that's not the that's not the jam. The jam yeah. is, well, talk to me about. Let's imagine. Did you have an extra glass of wine last night? That right. could happen during COVID. Let's all be honest with each other. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 through that kind of gentle, loving inquiry, we can really get to a no. You know, it's maybe not as scary as I thought it was. Yeah, it sounds simple, right? But it's simple things that we forget about when we're stressed. It's yes. the most 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 simple things that we forget to do. And it's, one of those big things is uh, talking to the people we love. Yes, it's very true. Even if that person is a furry person, you can talk to your cat <laughs> or your dog about these things. You really can. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, I'll tell you a secret about me. I do. Uh, I have ongoing conversations with my. Uh, I have a dog and two cats, and and I give them voices, and so we uh, talk oh, yeah. back and forth. And I can kind of tell. I, I I think that's totally normal. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about the two of us, Rod. 
I've noticed as I I've had as I have these conversations, it depends on how, depends on my mood or how I'm thinking of myself is whether the whether my dog says positive things about me or says negative things about me. <laughs> well, how enlightening is that, right? Like that's another example. And I'm going to guess that all the pet owners out there are 100% nodding their heads right now because right. I think we all do that or a version of that. But it is really a reflection of how we're feeling about ourselves and the world and can, again, just aid in that loving inquiry of where am I? How am I feeling? And oh, yeah. Do I need to go and talk to somebody else if, if my stress levels are getting a little too high? You yeah, know? yeah, totally. So, okay, without, you know, when we've had past conversations, we've dove into the the stress reaction, the fight or flight. and. We, we might now, but maybe without diving into too much, I just around the idea of decisions that we make, or maybe as we're not thinking through the, what we can do to, to help if we're feeling a little bit stressed or anxious, meaning like we forget to, that we should just talk to a friend and talk it through, should be, be okay to share what we're feeling, or, or we make a different decision. I, I do want to talk a little bit about that stress reaction in the sense of, you know, the fight or flight is the term yeah. that we use. And in a, in a way, the it's kind of like a flight scenario if you're making a decision to avoid something that is a stress, whether you realize that or not. I Oh my God, I think that is so insightful because I think our ancestors, and I mean like cavemen and cave women, Flight was literal flight, like right. literally running away from danger. And now I think that running away is a much more internal process, right? And then we mm -hmm. all do things to, quote, run away from things that are, you know, that's where to me sort of maladaptive kind of things mm -hmm. can, start to, can start to rear their ugly heads when we, when we keep doing the same thing in that flight mode mm -hmm. rather than sort of addressing the problem in different ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think the other part is, you know, when stressed and anxious, the the body reacts that how, how we get energy to fight or flight when we were a cave person uh, fighting the tiger or fighting whatever or confronting that is that the body, you know, brings all the blood to the part of your brain which is about emotions and quick reaction and your muscles get right. blood flow and your other parts don't get blood flow. So the part of your brain which is more reflective and thinking loses out. And so you're actually not able to to think through things logically uh, when you're in that stress moment. So it, it I mean, if there's, and it's, of course this is the thing is then you can't, you can't even remember, remember that you're in what's going on with your right. body because of that, the stress and the anxiousness and how your body's adjusting. But the truth is, is you could, you shouldn't even try to think through things logically when you're in that moment. Cause you can't, cause your, right. your brain is shifted. It's all about the emotions. Well, and then you can get that negative self-talk going, right? Like if, if all of a sudden you're telling yourself, well, I should be able to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. I should be all those, um, my, my girlfriend used to call it shutting all over yourself. If you start shutting all over yourself, um, which I think is an amazing term, yeah. uh, then, you know, you, you can't, when you're in that state of that sort of 
the very back part of our brains, the very fundamental survival part of our brain, if we start shooting ourselves from that place, it just makes it worse. Yes. And then it's that downward spiral, right? Yes. Of like, yeah. there's just, there's no way out. And so how do we find our way out of that back part of our brain, mm. not through thinking? Because I think in our modern age, we think we can think every, our way out of everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so how do we, how do we do that without, without having to employ the prefrontal cortex because, which is the big thinking part of the brain. Mm -hmm. You guys can use the Googles and find an image of the brain if you're not sure about what we're talking about. But mm -hmm. you know, if, if getting from that back part of our brain to the front part where the big logical thinking, if that's not going to happen at the drop of a hat, then what do we do? Yeah. What do we do, Rod? What do we do? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a great, I love how you describe that it's like we do think there is a part of human or you know, people that we think yeah we can think stuff through and figure it out not only for our, we give that expectation to ourselves but man do i do that all the time as i'm talking with other people i'm like look oh yeah oh you're not getting it i'm just gonna tell you more i'm gonna work harder to convince you and uh, my lesson Labels in front of people right we both work oh. for a bank so we'll, we'll make an Excel spreadsheet all over that. And yeah. Fix everything, right? Or yeah. clap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so really, my take. Yeah, go, yeah. go, go. You no, I, 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 you know, from time to time I do geek out a little bit. Um, and I was going to say, like, the, the whole, like, decision-making in the moment stuff, there's a whole science that gets into the decision making which is based on logical process like you know identify the different issues everyone is in the front of their brain oh right? yeah exactly yeah. that's right it it just goes, you go in with an assumption that everybody is working from their prefrontal cortex exactly yes. yeah and which is um you know it it's obvious to me that that's wrong yet it wasn't, um, I never really thought, even just our conversation now, I never really put it in that place to, to really challenge that, uh, that assumption. Well, it's hard, right? I mean, we're, we're humans. We're trying to just get through life and do our best and live our best lives and be kind to people around us. And, uh, and we, it is very easy to think that logic is the way to do that and that appealing to the mind is the way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and at times it is. Like, at time, let's not kid ourselves. At times, absolutely, we should be um, appealing to that front part of the brain. Mm -hmm. The challenge is if you can tell that someone, and maybe we'll do another podcast on, you know, how do you know if someone is in the back part of their brain? Because mm -hmm. I think that's also a pretty cool topic. But if you sort of know that someone's in the back part of their brain, what do you, what do you do? You, if you approach it with logic, it's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work. So mm -hmm. what are some other tips and tactics? You know, mm -hmm. to me, the big part is, and I know that this again sounds really basic, but you've got to remember to take a big giant breath. And mm. you know, I'm a yoga mm -hmm. teacher as well as all the other things. And uh, so there is That's nothing a, more powerful. A yoga teacher. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, see, we really do, my friends. We really have. We don't know a lot about each other, so that's why it's super <laughs> exciting to get to know each other as well through all of this. So, you know, I, I don't think you can um, underestimate the power of planting both your feet on the floor 
and taking a big breath. What does that do? I, I, I'm not disagreeing, oh. but just curious. Let me. I would love to hear how you explain. Like, what does that do? Oh for goodness! You? It calms your entire system down by taking a breath. Number one. It takes you from out of your head, which is when we're freaking out, we're usually like overthinking and worrying and the brain is spinning. And it's, it's almost like you have vertigo in your head when you're really that stressed. Mm-hmm. And when you take a breath, like even just do it now, Rod, take a big, deep breath, take a breath all the way down to your belly button, like really, really a deep breath into your body, not just to your chest. Imagine that you could breathe, like even imagine you could weirdly breathe all the way down to your feet. And then physiologically you just you become aware of your body and once you're in your body a lot of that stress and anxiety starts to just naturally dissipate it's Mm -hmm. when we only live in our minds and don't trust our bodies and that our breath is there and that you know the breath is always going to support you it's always going to be there until we die we've got our breath that's Mm -hmm. our one real life companion if you think about it and it just helps to calm things down. How, so did you do the big deep Yes, breath? I did. And report yeah. back. It does. It, it, it feels good. You know, I had I had heard that breathing, it's one of these, like we're talking about our brain system connected to our body and the, the fight or flight. I think there's a term like parasympathetic nervous system versus yep. sympathetic. I have heard that I think breathing is this one thing that can override that that reaction so i i, right. I get you like it takes you out of fight or flight yeah into rest and restore yeah so i never remember which i never remember which is the sympathetic and the parasympathetic yeah, i can never remember which one is which so in my mind i file them as fight or flight or rest and restore ah. and breath gets you back and really and we can talk about this another time too like digestion should happen when you're in a place of rest and restore Otherwise, it's scientifically shown that you're not absorbing the nutrients from your food mm-hmm. that you need to. And when you're stressed, one of the things we all do, most of us, we tend to eat worse, we tend to drink that extra glass of wine, we tend to do all these other things that then preclude us from being in that rest and restore mode. You mm-hmm. know, so there's a, it's a, it, it does require a fair bit of consciousness. I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. So, so what does... It requires a fair bit of consciousness. So what does the... Uh, the planting the feet on the ground part too. Or is that is oh, that connected with the a breathing? Reminder, yeah, that's just. I mean, again, that's a very yogic thought. It's the sense that you're grounded. It's the sense that you know if you feel your feet and like again, like and we should we need to wrap up soon, my friend, because we kind of crossed our crossed our hearts that we would be about 20, 25 minutes in length, friends. So we are going to wrap up soon, but let's wrap up with this thought, and then we can pick this topic up again next time. Um, it's the notion that, and if you feel all four corners of your feet, like press your toes down, press your heels down, go side to side with your feet, there's just a strong sense of literally being grounded. And again, when you're in your head and everything's spinning and you're feeling that stress and anxiety, you lose sight of what it is to be in your body. So anything you can do in, in the moment to move from um, that fight or flight to rest and restore, so much of that comes down to just getting back into your body and your mm. feet we forget about them They're, they do so much for us and yeah. we forget about them all the time and so just by planting your feet on the ground and digging your toes in um, preferably to dirt if you can swing it although i live in a city so that's not a people think you're weird if you go to a, 
I'm waiting for it and take your shoes off and dig your feet into the grass, but I highly recommend it every now and again if you can swing it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, can, yeah. I like that. Yeah, you know, you're right. We, I could uh, tangent off of this for, for uh, a while longer, but I, but I won't. I, I'll just, maybe I'll add my one, my technique, or and, I, and of course, I think this is super common too, I've heard it many times, is to say, is to remind myself that whatever I'm feeling right now is going to pass. Like this, this, whatever it is, to say it, it will pass and it will change. And that's, it's, it's, it's reassuring for me. I, I find yeah. that process reassuring, but also it's very like, practically speaking, it's true. It is that the, the, uh, the response that we have is, it comes on very fast, very strong, very intense, and then it dissipates. And yeah. even if we're That's in goodness. kind of a constant state, of, like every day seems stressed, in the moments day to day, it does, the peak comes down and it does pass. So it's just that that's that the reminder I, pass, I think is one of the most powerful if we can use that as a personal mantra mm -hmm. what a powerful but i mean then we have to be and this is again like another topic for another day it also means happy times will also pass and that's, that's the true. part that we have to get used to we get sometimes a little addicted to those super happy fun times and when they go away it's easy to feel a bit depressed but if you remember this too shall pass happy and sad good and bad Super liberating. Yeah, good. Well, listen, I think Super we're leaving. Liberating. We're leaving a lot of uh, little uh, hints and gems for uh, future episodes for people to listen to. I'm sure we're going to tangent into a uh, Buddhist type of uh, philo philosophical. <laughs> you know, nothing's Anything ever too good and nothing's ever too bad. Type. Uh, <laughs> this is great. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to the Change Room. Uh, again, so excited uh, that you chose to spend your time with us today. I hope you found some of these ideas um, helpful. I hope you can, we hope you can take them back to your lives and use some of them. And uh, we can't wait to bring our next topic next week. Yes, definitely. Thanks again. Talk to you soon, Leslie. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon, Rod. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. The music you hear is the song Love Like a Sunset, Part 1 by the band Phoenix. Until next time, stay safe.